Welcome to this week's edition of the Star Blades. I'm your host, Steve Jones, and as usual, I'm joined by James Shield and following a spell away, Danny Hall. Danny, to borrow a football cliche, it feels like we've got a new sign-in having you back. <laughs> Don't know about that. Don't know about that. I'm not sure if you can tell how good the uh, the old tan is, but yeah, very enjoyable couple of weeks away, but good to be uh, good to be back. I hate to say it, mate, but I'm sure your absence has coincided with an upturn in results as well. So, um, at the worst possible timing, didn't I? Definitely. After some of, the, some of the stuff we've seen over the last couple of years, and then I pick a time to go away and they score six in one game, and then yeah, everything everything's turned around. So, if it, if it all goes wrong this weekend, then you know exactly who to blame. Definitely. Well, I heard. To be honest, I was a bit surprised when you told me the other day you were almost asking for extra time on a Tuesday night. I think that's the first time I've ever heard. That. <laughs> James, just uh, let's go to you. Um, you've just come out of the press conference. Um, we understand there's some good news on the injury front. Can you just let us know about that? Yeah, Lysmo side, David McGoldrick, all back in training. Uh, not available for selection yet. Uh, but they're clearly taking a taking a step in the right direction. So that's all good news. Uh, I think the only problem is it will... The only disappointing news about that is it will start the uh, the seemingly endless round of will this be Lisa's big turning point stories that we that we always seem to be right and every time Lisa comes back from an injury, let's uh, let's hope this let's hope this time it turns out to be the case because uh, I'm not going to bore everybody. We're going through it again. We've already we've already done this story to death. That probably tells you a little bit about what some of the uh, some of the problems with Lisa are, but. You know, yeah, wonderful player can potentially be such, a, you know, a, a, a devastating weapon for United, not only in the Championship but also the Premier League. So let's hope we can uh, we can tear up the uh, sort of the blueprints and the uh, the cut and paste things that we've been writing about least whenever he's been injured over the past couple of uh, couple of seasons. But yeah, good to have him back. Good to have David McGoldrick back. Obviously, Ender Stevens came back in the week. So yeah. All, uh, all good news. There's some uh, decisions for Slavisa to make, which certainly wasn't the case at the beginning of the season. Danny, is it is it finally starting to click now, do you feel? Um, it certainly seems to be. Um, as you can tell, not even just from the results, from the kind of the performances and the way that they're, the way they're going about things. You know, if you think of the last game that I saw away at Luton when everything was a little bit disjointed and, you know, there was no kind of uh, you know, general connection or general way of playing, really that I, that I could see. And then, obviously, albeit from a few thousand miles away in uh, in Greece, when I watched the uh, the Peterborough game, it was night and day. You know, I think that's the difference. You know, as we've been banging the drum for for weeks and months now, it's the difference, isn't it? That just a few a few new faces brings in. You know, uh, I think Morgan Gibbs White's hit the ground running. You know, that'll be no surprise to anyone who's watched who's watched the last couple of games. I think he's been brilliant. Um, you know, Conor Hurrihan, uh, we've only seen fleeting glimpses of him before he played at Hull, but I think he's looked good as well. Uh, and it's just the, the effect that it has on the group, isn't it? You know, it's not just about what they do when they come in on a Saturday afternoon, although that is obviously very important. It's the, it's the kind of effect it has on everyone else in terms of, you know, just boosting a little bit of morale and giving a bit of a shot in the arm for things. You know, it, it you know, increases competition, as Slavisa said today. Um, just gives those people who are in the shirt a little bit of extra motivation to keep it. Um, and yeah, it's all kind of seems to be 
seems to be coming together, as you say. James, I wanted to get your opinion on this. It seems like the new signs have, have perhaps rejuvenated some of those who were already inside the building. Yeah, I think they have. I mean, listen, first and foremost, they're all good players. And, you know, you can never have too many good players at a football club. Morgan Gibbs-White, I think, has been exceptional. I think Conor Hurahan, I wouldn't describe him as, you know, describe him as exceptional yet. We haven't we haven't seen enough of him, but two assists against Hull City last weekend. That's not a bad way to uh, to announce yourself in at the start in 11. And we know he's a good player, especially at this level. Ben Davis... You know, he doesn't really feel like a new player now, does he? But he's already proved his worth. I thought he was one of United's best performers uh, before they, uh, you know, when he came in from loan on Liverpool, before they finally got their backsides into gear in the in the transfer market. So first and foremost, they've signed quality players. But, you know, we, we were talking to Ender Stevens earlier today and he said that he felt the squad needed a little bit of a refresh. He said, you know, he's he, he's a long-serving member of this uh, of this Sheffield United squad, but you know, even he admitted he was crying out for some, just to see some new faces around the training ground to give the place a lift after last season's relegation. That's the big lesson from this, you know, for me. Football really is not complicated. It's not a complicated business. It's not all about sometimes trawling through XG stats and, you know, heaven knows how many other sort of variables we get hit with now by some of the, the statisticians that pour all over football. Sometimes it's just about trusting your own eyes. Uh, and our own eyes were telling us before the international break that Sheffield United needed some new faces and some fresh ideas. And the performances after the international break have shown us that that certainly was the case. It's not a simple game, is it? it sorry, it is a simple game. It's not a complicated game. Some people try and make it complicated. Really, it's not. And I think the best managers, the best coaches and the best players, they know it's not complicated. I'm definitely with you on the XG point there. It's... Um... Drives me. You can win a league title with those things now, can't you? <laughs> I'm sure I've seen one for, for past stats, etc. etc. Danny, you got your first glimpse of Adelaide Guardiola. I'm pretty sure I got the pronunciation wrong, but you know who I'm referring to. What were your first impressions? I'm glad you had a stab at his name rather than me. Um, but yeah, well, I, I don't know who you're referring to. Uh, Addy. So from now on, we'll, we'll just yeah, we'll stick, yeah, we'll stick with Addy. Um, yeah, Get down with the kids, call him AJ. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, Addy, yeah. Well, on limited, you know, limited sight of bad so far, I, I really like him. You know, I think he he endeared himself a hole, didn't he, by coming on and uh, flying in an opposition midfielder within about five seconds of coming off the bench, which is always a good way to uh, to endear yourself to Sheffield United fans. Uh, he obviously loves he loves the tackle by the look of him. You know, you can tell that he uh, he don't mind that physical side of things, I don't think it's fair to say. Um, I think he's also got a little bit, well, he's obviously got a lot of, hell of a lot of quality on the ball. You know, you don't play as many times for your country as as he has without having that. Um, and he looks, you know, if you said to, you know, a neutral on Tuesday night against Southampton, you know, one of these lads in midfield is, is 35 years old. I think they might have struggled to, uh, to pick which one because he looked like he had, well, he had a lot more energy than I would at 35, to, fair, to put it that way. Um, you know, picked a pass, picked a quality pass when he needed to. There are a couple of signs of rustiness, I think, which is to be expected because 
you know, he is still he is still learning, you know, about the people around him and about Sheffield and, you know, probably trying to get a little bit of match fitness back himself, which is possibly why he played from the start. Um, so I think we can let him off with the odd, um, you know, rusty pass and, and that kind of thing. But overall, uh, signs look very good. You know, obviously, I think it's fair to say that he's probably not going to be, he's not going to play every game between now and the end of the season. You know, if you are picking your first choice, Sheffield United midfield, you know, there's a good chance that he wouldn't be in it. But, you know, in terms of having bodies in there and a little bit of experience to maybe bring on now and then when you need to uh, to shake things up a little bit and have a bit more physicality, you know, it may just have a bit of opportunity to uh, options for different horses for courses, uh, I think they call it. So, yeah, I like from what I've seen so far. Um, and like I say, everything's coming together for Sheffield United. I just think that the most promising thing is that they've also looked like they've got a, a gear or two to go into as well. You know, as good as they were at Hull on Saturday, you know, they can tighten up a little bit at the back. You know, Hull did have a few chances to uh, to get into it and had a a goal disallowed for offside that Grant McCann maybe thought wasn't. You know, there was a chance from a set piece which uh, they somehow headed wide, which you know United will be uh, keen to tighten up. So there are some areas still to work on. You know, I don't think, if you ask Lavisa himself, I don't think he thinks they've fully cracked it yet. You know, I don't think it's time to get the uh, the open top bus out of the garage just yet. Um, but I think the promising thing is that there is there are areas they can still improve on. Uh, and I wouldn't be at all surprised if, if they did. I'll tell you what, as someone whose 35th birthday is a, is a distant memory, unfortunately now but just listening to everything that you said there Danny yeah I, I agree with you do you know what I'm in full miserable old sod mode during this podcast now but for a reason because again Adlan Guediora is an African Cup of Nations champion he knows the division inside out he's experienced he's kept himself clearly in decent shape he's a good footballer what a surprise that players like that make a difference and an impact at a football club. Amazing, isn't it? And I'll tell you what, you go through his qualities. Those of us of a certain vintage who are listening to this uh, podcast will probably agree with me on this. He can tackle, as you've said, Danny, he likes to tackle. He can pass the ball. He can run about. That's what we used to call a midfielder in the old days, you know. I suppose these days, yeah, there'll be um, a sexy left field turn. You've got to... Uh got to call him but James what caught your eye well what who in particular caught your eye against Southampton obviously Danny's mentioned AG was there anyone else who you were impressed by yeah there were I thought Ollie Norwood had a really good game and you know I think he's benefited probably as much as anybody possibly only John Fleck being being somebody who's benefited more from this uh, this this change of formation because I think what it's done, it's enabled Ollie to... Well, it, 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 it's enabled Sheffield United to give Oliver Norwood a role that accentuates his best qualities and also disguises some of the weaknesses in his game. So, again, no great surprise there. It's not complicated, is it? You, 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 you give Ollie Norwood a role where he can express himself, where he's not got two great, you know, giants bearing down on him every time he collects the ball just in front of Sheffield United's back four. And, you know, Kel surprise, he looks a better player. It's, it's, it's no surprise. 
So, you know, I think he's. Uh, I thought he really impressed me against uh, against Southampton. You know, the other one as well that I think actually deserves a lot of credit uh, over the past couple of weeks because I think he'll have been in a in a difficult situation, and that's that's Wes Fodderingham because he came into the team at Luton, I think it was, wasn't it? Uh, and you know, let's be right. He knew then that if uh, if Sheffield United brought a goalkeeper in, he was probably going to get booted out of the uh, out of the starting eleven the minute that happened. They did bring one in. Uh, Robin Olsen couldn't play straight away, as everybody knows, because of the because uh, of the situation that is COVID and the uh, and the government's travel protocols and restrictions. But you know, he acquitted it himself well until uh, until Robin Olsen was ready to play. I thought he had a really good game as well against Peterborough. Uh, so it's nice to know that, you know, Sheffield United have got two good goalkeepers, certainly on their books now. And hopefully, finally, people can uh, stop talking about, you know, what was it, League One Wes, as he, was, uh, as he used to be known. Bloody ridiculous thing, far better footballer than most of the people banding that around at him could, uh, could ever hope to be uh, in their lives, no matter how often they practised. And, uh, you know, probably given to him as well by a manager who, you know, weren't a bad player in his day, but, you know, was certainly no goalkeeper. And uh, I don't know. I'll leave that one there before I probably get myself into, uh, into legal trouble. Danny James, that, that save on Tuesday night, sorry, Steve, just to interrupt there, that save that he pulled off on on Tuesday night from Chadams was that's no League One save, was it? No, not unbelievable. Yeah. I, at at not first so. glance, obviously, without the benefit of replay, you think, "Wow, how has he saved that?" And then watching it again, every time I watch it, I'm expecting Adam to score. So I think he deserves a lot of credit for that. And even going back to the, I know it's going back a few weeks, but going back to the Peterborough game, you know, as good as United were going forward, I think United might have been two one ahead at the time. It might have been one one when he made that really good double save. And obviously, if that goes in, you know it kind of changes the whole complexion of the game, doesn't it? And then, I guess when your when your team doesn't score six goals, you know it kind of gets overlooked a little bit. But I think it's important to highlight moments like that when they happen. That you know, games like that can just twist on a on a moment like that. Um, and yeah, I agree with James there. You know, it's a good, a very good goalkeeper to have as a backup. Obviously, you know, Robin Olsen quite rightly will be the number one. Um, but I think if anything ever happens to the Robin, I think United are definitely in uh, in safe hands. Probably. Yeah, listen, he's, he's he's played for Rangers, hasn't he? He's played in quite a few old firm derbies, so there's nothing that the Championship's going to be able to throw at him that he's going to uh, going to scare Wes Fodderingham. I thought the other one, it's like when I was banging on about my age earlier. This is what happens, Danny. This is what you got to look forward to when it comes to memory, <laughs> and you, Steve, as well. Uh, I think the. Uh, I think the other player that I was I was really interested to watch and possibly has not done himself any any harm whatsoever is uh, or was Chris Basham. Because when United changed formation, when they ditched that back three, you did start to wonder whether whether Chris was actually going to have a, a long term role to play or a regular role to play over the long term in that starting eleven. Because you know. Exceptional performer as one of the three centre halves. Possibly you wouldn't really look at Bash and think, you know, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd hang my hat on him as uh, as one of the two in a in a back four. But I thought against 
you know, listen, I know Hassanut will change up his starting eleven, as did uh, as did Slavisa for that that third round tie. You're still playing against some really good players out there, Bash, and I I thought he he showed that he can he can compete for a role in this in this new formation as well. Just on on what you said, James, and I'll put this question out to, to both of you. You know, you mentioned the improvement in John Fleck and, and Ollie Norwood, plus the the three new lads in, in the centre midfield, uh, sort of including Gibbs White. I know he generally plays a bit further forward, but is there a, a potential that United might be a little bit too well stocked in that area, and, and the team perhaps lacks a little bit of balance? Uh, well, I think there's areas that they still want to strengthen uh, because they didn't get even, you know. But listen, by the football club's own admission, they, 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 they might try and paint it slightly differently now. But when you look at the numbers that were being talked about before the the transfer window closed and before the uh, before the transfer market really got into full swing, you've only got to look at what was said then to see what happened. They haven't done all their business yet, so. There is still work to be done, but do you know what? Without prattling on, Steve, are they have they overstocked in that position? In a word, no. And the reason for that is is because it's going to clearly it's going to be such a key area for that team moving forward. It's going to almost be the heartbeat of that side. So no, they uh, they haven't overstocked. They need options in there, and they need quality options. Danny, that's such a yeah, we said just such a long season as well, isn't it? You know, it's that almost a cliche when you talk about the Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday nature of this. But we've seen this, haven't we, over the last couple of weeks? The games really do, again, not a cliche, they come thick and fast, as as people say. So, you know, is, you know, are John Fleck, all in all, we're going to play 46 games this season? Possibly they may, they may well do, but, you know, if they do suffer from loss of form, confidence, loss, you know, injuries, whatever. Like Jim said, there you need someone who you know of comparable ability to go in there. Um, they were a little bit light there early in the season, weren't they? Before they brought in Gibbs White, you know, our manager uh, Gibbs White. Um, so just with those quality additions, you know, like even if they don't all play, you know, the fact that they all drive each other on, you know, up the standards. I don't think it's any coincidence that John Flex looked as good as he has done since you know Conor Hurrahan came in. Because now, you know, if not. Is on the bench, isn't it? So, you know, footballers are not not stupid. They can see players around them in training. If, you know, if Conor Hurrahan's looking a bit tasty in training, then, you know, John Flake knows he has to at least match that to keep his, his place in the team. So, you know, it's not always just with players, you know, the, the benefits they bring, you know, in the 90 minutes. I think it just improves the whole, uh, the whole strength of the squad and drives the players on. They've uh, got the shirt as well. So, yeah, I agree with Shields there. I'd, I'd say no as well. I don't think you can have too well. You probably can't have too many, but I don't think Sheffield United have got too many uh, in midfield, and I'm sure that over the season that will uh, that will bear out. Okay, interesting stuff. Let's move on to Derby, James. I've written wounded animal down. Would that be an accurate assessment? Yeah, certainly wounded. I mean, there's an awful lot of issues, isn't there, at Derby at the moment? They've all been well documented. I don't think there's any need for us to sort of trawl through the, the financial situation at Pride Park, other than to say it's probably... Well, listen, I, I certainly didn't fall off my chair when I when I discovered the, uh, the full extent of it. I think you can see what's been going on there over the past couple of years with your own eyes. Uh, 
you know, this happened during the press conference today, and I'm as guilty of this as anybody because we're, we're all looking for a line and something a little bit different uh, to, uh, to talk about. Derby have got some good players. They've got some experienced players. They've got a manager who is clearly very well known in the game. I think all of those players will arrive with the bit between their teeth. Uh, certainly the likes of Stearman, Jagielka and, uh, and Ravel Morrison, who, of course, are all former Sheffield United players. Is going into administration and having your football club teetering on the brink, though, the ideal preparation for any championship game? No, it's not, is it? You know, let's not try and pretend it is. Even though, like I say, we sometimes do like to uh, try and stretch things, those of us in, in the media, to get, a, to get a decent line out of the story. It's not a great situation to be in, no. It might galvanise the players. Tell you what, it's not brilliant for the people in the ticket office or the cleaners or the PR department or anybody else working at that club, is it? So, you know, I think it's a game... I think even before all the administration issues, I think it's a game Sheffield United should be looking at and thinking we can win. Danny, what do you think about a derby? I mean, obviously they've got points on the board, but I suppose the three players James mentioned, the ex-Blades, I mean, they're going to have a point to prove as well. And we saw with Wigan how administration can almost have a galvanising effect on a team. Yeah, I suppose in a way you could argue that the you know where they are on the table now it's almost a free hit isn't it you know everyone's expecting them to be relegated at this end of the season so you know can you use that to your not to your advantage that's probably the wrong word but can you use that to like you said galvanize the, the team a little bit and say let's go out and, and prove them wrong um yeah as james said you know if you offered any club the chance to to go into a game on the back of all that kind of strife you know no one would would accept it would they you know the players will all say the right things you know brought us closer together. Um, I, yeah, I just think that on a bigger picture, you know, it's, when this happens, you know, it's straight away the issue is always, that, oh, will they have to sell the young players and, you know, things like that? What happened to the manager? What about the people, the ordinary people who work at football clubs? You know, like, the t like everyone always says, the tea lady or the press guy or, you know, the programme seller or whatever. You know, what happens to, to those guys? And they're the real victims in it. But, you know, they never kind of seem to get to get talked about, do they? So, um, you know, every fo every football fan, I suppose, is always guilty of, you know, wanting their club to spend just that extra million quid, that extra, you know, bringing that extra player. But I suppose this is the uh, this is the sad reality of that, isn't it? This is the other side of, of when that all goes wrong, when you chase that dream almost, which I suppose makes it even more important, you know, for Sheffield United to uh, to get back up there as soon as they possibly can, because. You know, there's a hell of a lot of teams in the championship who who have, uh, you know, experienced that, had that little bit of taste of success, uh, decided they quite like it, and then spent, you know, far more than they can afford to try and get it again. And then this is what happens with, you know, with clubs like, a club like Derby County, you know, should never be on, never be in this situation, should they? But, you know, it's, it's been a long time coming with how they, uh, how they go about things there. Um, and, you know, everyone will look at the game on Saturday, you know, will they be able to pull themselves together? And, you know, it's about more than that, isn't it? When football clubs go to the wall, you know, there's such massive parts of people's lives, you know, people's livelihood depend on them. Um, and it's just, it's just a real shame when it happens. 
Can I just make the point as well? Uh, and I'm not being deliberately argumentative here, Steve. Don't worry. Uh, because we've all done it, like I said. We've all, we've, we've all done it. We've all said it. Yeah, those three lads coming back to Bramall Lane will have a point to prove. I think Sheffield United's players have got a point to prove as well, though. So it's not like it should give, you know, Richard Stearman, Phil Jagielka, Ravel Morris in any sort of advantage. Sheffield United's players have got a point to prove, and that's that they're better than than Derby County. So I don't think that's going to be... Uh, I don't buy this thing that having tons of ex-players immediately makes another club, you know, sort of more dangerous when they're going back to their old stomping grounds or anything like that. Nah. Don't, not not having it, not having it, as Roy Keane might say. All right. On that especially note, players with, especially like I said, Jag Elker who's played a million games in his career, you know, Steers, who's been around the block, you know, these are not young lads anymore. We point, you know, they'll understand why why they've been moved on from United. You know, their time there kind of just naturally, you know, came to an end, didn't it? And it's not the first time they've left the club. Um, so where they have a point, I'm sure it'll be a, you know, without. You know, being in their heads, but you know, this they'll, they'll understand the game, won't they? They'll know how it's played. Um, and yeah, they'll, they'll understand it's just a natural part of football. You know, if you have if you have as many clubs as, as some of those guys have had, you know, eventually you're going to go back to them, aren't you? Um, so yeah, I think it'll be it'll be an interesting one. Obviously, we'll never know now, but it'd be interesting to see how this game would have panned out if it was played a month ago, you know, in, in the league before all this kind of administration uh, stuff came about. Um, but yeah, sorry, I'm not sure what the question was before about will they have a point to prove? I kind of went off on a tangent, didn't I? It's all right. I think um, on, the, on James's point, I, I was curious to ask you both about, obviously, Tuesday night, it's, it's Middlesbrough away. And and James, I wanted to touch you, obviously, just on what you said on the, on the Neil Warnock effect then at Middlesbrough. So what are your sort of thoughts looking ahead to, to that one? And obviously... It's always a, a special reunion with uh, with Mr. Warnock and the and Sheffield United. Yeah, great, great manager, Neil. Great manager. Really like him as a guy. I like him on a professional level. I like him on a personal level. I'm not going to make any bones about that whatsoever. I think he's a brilliant manager. Huge part of uh, of Sheffield United's history with what he achieved at the football club. Uh, he's not on the pitch though, is he? He's not on the pitch. Slavisa Ikanovic, you know, same again. Really like him as a guy. Don't know him as well as Neil yet, obviously, because, you know, we're still doing most of our press conferences on Zoom. The sooner I never hear that word again, the the, the better as far as I'm concerned. Uh, but, yeah, listen, Neil will get Middlesbrough fired up, but Neil will be getting Middlesbrough fired up because he wants them to win a game of football, not because it's Sheffield United. If, if if it was purely the fact that, you know, Neil prepared teams to face Sheffield United and put a little bit extra into, into games against them or Cardiff or, you know, Rotherham or, or Crystal Palace or any of his other former clubs, he wouldn't be the manager that he is. That's, that's not how professional sportsmen and women approach situations like this. So, you know, I think I think the only effect that Neil will have on this game is you know, the effect and the, the instructions and the way that he can can prepare his plays. I don't think Neil will be having an effect on this game because he's, uh, you know, one of one of Slavisa Ikanovic's predecessors. Danny, anything to add on that final point? No. 
No, no, I, I yeah, obviously Shields, he knows Neil very well. You know, obviously I, I only know him as a manager rather than a person, but, you know, did an unbelievable job at, at Bramall Lane. You know, he's done an unbelievable job in his career, hasn't he? You know, to keep to keep going um, as long as he has. You know, I think he's, he's been on his last job. I think he's been retiring for about 20 years at the end of the season. Um, Sharon keeps telling him to stay off that tractor, doesn't she? Um, just what a man as well, you know, as a character. You know, he was at our Star Awards when he, a couple of months back. And yeah. just, just captivates a room, just an unbelievable character. I can only imagine what it must be like by under him. There's certain managers when you come across in this job and you think, you listen to him just talking to us ordinary folk and you think, I'd quite like to play football for you. You know, because it must be an unbelievable experience uh, just the way they get people fired up. And I think Neil's definitely one of them. So, his record speaks for himself. He will be one, I imagine, who's fired up for uh, for Tuesday night against his old club. Uh, and I think it'll be, a, it'll be a good game. We'll look out for a feature in Monday's start. We'll leave it there for this week. But who knows, the next time we speak, Sheffield United might be in the playoff positions, having won their last two. Thanks very much for listening. <laughs>